You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. The episode you are about to listen to was originally available for Patreons only, but it's a brand new episode now available on all podcasting platforms. So there might be a few references that have already happened. Uh, Apologies for that. And also apologies for any comments we make for non-patrons. Enjoy the episode and don't forget, it's not too late to join us on Patreon where you can listen to exclusive brand new episodes of Track by Track. Yes, every month there are at least two brand new episodes as well as access to the full Patreon-only back catalogue and our Patreon-only series, including further listening and the remix. Enjoy the episode. And thanks for listening. Hello. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music. I oh, sorry, I said that too fast. <laughs> Track by Track. Hello. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down, track by track. And we hope you'll consider yourselves at home, because on the turntable this week, we've got It's All About the Stragglers by <laughs> Artful Dodger. You were really pleased with yourself then, weren't you? Really, yeah, that's my favourite one yet, actually. Grinning like a bloody Cheshire cat. Oh. Uh, but we're both grinning like a Cheshire cat today, actually, because we are celebrating Artful Dodger and Arbor, and we continue to celebrate our birthday week as well. Yes, this is, if you are one of the lucky patrons who are going the whole hog, this is the penultimate episode. This is the last album episode proper of our week-long celebration for our third anniversary. Of course, tomorrow there is the Banana Arm episode of Further Listening as well. So this is a new. This is the first for us in three years, Dan. Mm. Bit of UK garage. Yes. How do you feel about that? I've been. I mean, being honest, this album has been on the long list for a long time, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and I just think that this sound is UK garage. It's not pop pop music, but it was very popular, wasn't it, around this time? And it was it was everywhere, and it was great. Yeah, UK style, UK flow, mm. absolutely everywhere Ayer Napa as well that yeah. was a big holiday destination that specialized in a real garage scene and by garage scene I don't mean uh your uh train collection that you have in your mother's garage at home with that lovely landscape that it comes through so Artful Dodger are a were and are again a UK uh garage duo from Southampton originally famous for working with well probably most famously for originally working with craig david yep um the artful dodger that in question isn't some uh cheeky scamp that hobbles around the streets of london nicking shiny pennies out of men's pockets sorry uh, is that a dig at me no no <laughs> oh. no oh God, darren you're very persecuted at the moment sorry is that for once you weren't talking about me no um and your top hat is in a lot better nick thank you so this, uh, the Artful Dodger in question, it's Mark Hill, not the hairstylist, uh, and Pete Devereaux. Uh, and they uh, became the Artful Dodger after a period of time working as producers, DJs, um, for a record label for up-and-coming artists. However, 
after they became defunct, the name Artful Dodger was then taken on by Blessed Records. And now you have Dave Lowe and MC Alistair who tour under the moniker of Artful Dodger. But we are talking about, uh, it's all about the Stragglers, which was produced by Mark Hill and Peter Devereaux, not the hairstylist. Also worth noting that Mark and Pete, since 2016, um, got back together as original Dodger. And I think there, there certainly were, I hope there are plans for more music from them. And Dan, as a treat for us today, well, because we're in a bit of a dodger, dodgy dodger space, I've brought in some jammy dodgers. Oh, lovely. So uh, just help yourself as we go through. But as ever, don't try and speak with your mouthful. Now this is, oh, actually, first of all, Dan, why are we talking about this album today? Uh, so we're talking about it today, as with everything we've been talking about this week, uh, as well as it being our third anniversary Everything we're talking about has a huge anniversary. For this one, it is that 24-7, the single with Melanie Blatt, turns 20, uh, which was, of course, the last single from the album as well. God, three years in and we're still kicking those dubious links down the road. Yeah. Good for us, actually. Good for us. And great, there's an All Saints link in there as well. There's a lot of collaborators uh, and a few that you've actually heard of, Dan, on this album. Yes, which makes a lovely change, doesn't it? <laughs> So, yes, we are talking about It's All About the Stragglers. So this is the only studio album from Artful Dodger and was released on the 20th of November, 2000. So this album, we've got uh, some some great names on here, some, some quality UK garage, some uh, interesting album tracks and a few other things on this, on this album today, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah, but I think the, the biggest thing about this album is just the amount of hit singles that came from it. Who were we talking about recently, Will? And we said it might be a record for the amount of singles from an album. Oh, I can't remember. My memory is shot to shit. Yeah, likewise. Me neither. But from this, uh, there were seven singles, but I would say six hit singles. And we'll talk about the seventh one as well in due course. Yep, absolutely. Should we get stuck in? Yes, we've got a lot to get through today. So, side one, track one, and this is Think About Me. Dan, why does that name ring a bell? Well, Will, we have spoken about Michelle before, probably a couple of times, but the most notable one for me is on the Saints and Sinners episode, uh, the All Saints, uh, Saints and Sinners album. Um, she co-wrote some of the tracks on there. But she was also a member of the R&B trio Truce in the 90s, if you remember them, Will. Yes, very well. Yeah. They had a few singles between 94 and 98 before... Um, before Michelle went on to work with others, including Beverly Knight and Tina Turner as well. But great to hear her uh, as the star of this track. And also very prominent in the video that accompanies this track because this was a single. This was one of the many singles off the album. And this was the sixth single of the album. 
And this one was released in March 2001, entered and peaked at number 11, which, you know, for the sixth single, that's not too bad at all, is it? But other new entries that week from D12 with Shit On You at number 10. Shit On You at number 10 sounds like one of Boris's scat parties, uh, which is an absolutely disgusting image. Sorry, listeners. Uh, there was also Gorillas with Clint Eastwood at number four and Westlife with Uptown Girl, a new entry at number one. But Will, what do you think of this as a track and as well as an album opener? Great. I love, I always love this song when it came out. I know it only got to number 11, but I very vividly remember it. And that in earworm of a chorus of that thing about me, thing about me is really great. Also, the start of it, the way it kicks off, it reminds me of Children by Robert Miles. Yes. With the piano. Yeah, really. I didn't hear that before, but now I'll, I won't be able to unhear that, Will. It's just a really nice, classy, mid-tempo, like, pop, garage pop song. Yeah, and definitely verging more towards the pop side of things. And I think it's a really interesting album opener, because at this point, when the album was released, we knew Rewind, we knew uh, Moving Too Fast. They were really making a name for themselves as a garage act. But I think this song, with that really atmospheric opening and that incredible build and that bit before the chorus where it really mm. kind of gets to it. It kind of shows them off actually as more of a, a production duo than just a kind of a novelty, not novelty, but, you know, like very of the time, very fashionable garage act. This is a stunning production. And actually, a lot of what Arthur Dodger did then inspired other people to go out and do very similar things. I mean, yeah, there's, there was a whole garage pop thing, wasn't there, with Mystique, for example, with Sweet Female Attitude as well. It was kind of taking the garage uh, sound, but putting it into even more of a pop, uh, in an even more of a pop way. Okay, track two, and this one is Rewind. When the crowd say bow. Selector. We rewind there featuring Craig David, the man, the legend, the great hulk of a man that is Craig David. And crazy to think this is the first time we heard him, was it? Oh, for the, for the, for the vast majority of us, not his mother or his auntie or anything like that. This is the first we heard of Craig David. Now, of course, several albums later, two decades later, huge solo star. But here he is as a featuring artist. Uh, and Craig Lovey was very young when this was, when this came out, wasn't he? Wasn't he only like 18 or something? Yeah, I think so. This was huge, wasn't it, when it came out way back in 1999. This was a massive hit single. It was a number two single. Dan, who was at number one? Number one, holding him off the top spot. And it was actually great because it stayed at number two for two weeks, then hung around the top 10, then went back to number two a few weeks later, trying to get to that number one spot. But it was kept off by Cliff Richard with the Millennium Prayer. Fuck's sake. <laughs> no, I bet he's livid. Although if you're going to be kept off the top spot by anyone, Cliff Richard with a Millennium Prayer in the year 1999, it's probably, you know... I remember, I remember that at the time. But this, this kick-started the careers and the big rise for Arthur Dodger and Craig David, didn't it? Not the last time that they worked together either. 
No, more to come uh, on this album, but also outside of this album as well. But I would say, well, this song launched another huge career as well. Avid Merrion. Well, yes, and of course, everyone knows him better as Keith Lemon now, that I think he's just become Keith Lemon, basically. But Avid Merrion was the first comic creation of Lee Francis. Yep. Uh, as part of the TV show Bo Selector. And I remember Craig David, he had the Kess, Kess the hawk, as yeah. well as his pet. <laughs> I guess. And, you know, this was a time when everyone loved that show and he had his Mel B impression and his Craig David impression. And, of course, last year, um, Lee Francis actually apologised, didn't he, during uh, the BLM movement. He apologised for that. But it's worth noting that I think him and Craig David did have a good relationship. Um, Craig went on the show. I think he was uh, at some points uh, annoyed by the impression. Um, but actually, I think I think after he kind of um, saw the funny side of it in the end. Didn't take it personally. Now this, I guess the musical approach to this track, obviously it's very much UK Garage, but it's got, again, heavy pop leanings to it as well with the melody, Craig's incredible singing voice as well. Uh, this had like a cross genre. I mean, it got to number two, didn't it, in the singles chart? So it had a cross genre appeal. But I just remember in the pubs and clubs of the time that you would just hear this song and on the radio, where it was everywhere. Yeah, it really was. It for me, well, I think I feel like this was probably my introduction to garage music, and the fact that everyone seemed to embrace it. I'm, I, I, I'd assume that the the sound that people were listening to was moving more towards that. An Artful Dodge, you know, really went with that. But I seem to remember thinking that, yeah, this, when I think back to garage music, early garage music, the late 90s, the early noughties, it's this song. This is the one. And a quick quiz question for you, Dan. What is the, uh, the alternate name that Craig David goes by now when he's doing more of his kind of DJing work? Oh, I know this one. Do you? TS5. Really? And do you know why? I don't know that one, no. Uh, you know, Dan, I need to do a little bit more research for that, but I would ha- uh, because I have done a bit, but not enough. Uh, so I'd probably st- uh, make a wild stab in the dark and say it was T-Stains 5. Oh, that's probably right, actually. It mm, makes a lot of sense mm. when you think about it. But I have to say, it has been great to see Craig David doing so well. Of course, there was a few years where we'd probably call them, if it was Kylie, we'd probably say the wilderness years. Um, that's more the indie wilderness years. Uh, his was probably more the kind of uh, soft R&B years or something like that. But he's back. He's been playing huge stages. He did the New Year's Eve thing on the BBC back in uh, 2019. And it's just great to see because on every interview I see him on, he seems like such a nice person. I was going to say, he seems like a really lovely guy. Big hit with the ladies. All the girls loved him. Mm. And some boys, I'm sure. Yeah. So... Track number three now, and this is Outrageous. And that is, uh, I guess, first album track proper. Yep. 
and I love the kind of the, the kind of mixed and messed up vocals with those very pronounced drum beats and synths running through that as well. And I think it's it's kind of like that Artful Dodger's kind of house style where it can sometimes be very sparse, but with really strong vocals and really meaty beats. Oh, meaty beats. I like the sound of that. But do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. I was thinking exactly the same thing. It feels like maybe track one, think about me, maybe one for the bedroom. Track two, re-rewind, one for the radio. This feels like one for the club. I think, like you said, the beats uh, and just the way the vocal is played around with, it's much less sing-along. You know, I I couldn't have this on my shower playlist, could I? Can you imagine if I was making these noises in the shower? My other half would think I was having a a A seizure or something like that, yeah. Uh, he'd be just desperately trying to wrestle you down. Yeah. Yes. Come in and pull me off and have me on the floor and, you know. Now, Lynn Eden, well, did you he- had you heard of Lynn before this one? No. I have to say, neither had I. I think that's okay. If Lynn, if you're listening, I hope you're not offended by that. Uh, this was one of few uh, releases that Lynn appeared on. She also appeared on some tracks uh, by Smoking Beats, by Trick or Treat, and by Insight uh, as the featured artist. But yeah, not uh, didn't become a household name. Maybe she didn't want to. That's fine. Unless she did it as a pseudonym that we didn't know about. But she's got a cracking voice. Oh yeah, it sounds great and works really well with the samples. Track number four now, and this is Please Don't Turn Me On. So that one's Please Don't Turn Me On featuring Lifford. This one, Will, has a different songwriter on it. Usually it's just the Artful Dodger lads, maybe with the uh, featured vocalists. But this one is co-written with Connor Reeves. Uh, now, Connor is best known for his 1997 album Earthbound. Oh, yes, I remember him. You remember that Not one, Not my yeah? cup of tea, but I remember him. Yeah. Uh, he also uh, had a hit with Mark Morrison in the 90s with Best Friend. Uh, and his own track, My Father's Son, got number 12. Very good. But what you might remember him for, Will, is that in 2007, he wrote I Can, which was performed by Brian Harvey uh, and was part of the national selection for Eurovision of that year. And suffice to say... Boo, 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 boo. Nothing to do with uh, Connor, I'd, I'd probably, I'd assume. More to do with Brian. Because as a songwriter and listening to Please Don't Turn Me On, what a fantastic song. Yes, and what do you think, just in the lyrics, obviously very, very suggestive lyrics, please don't touch me there. Mm. Where? Bottom? (laughs) Back bottom or front bottom? Well, it could be anywhere. Some people are funny about, my sister's funny about her neck being touched. It could be yeah, there. Or feet. Feet. As well. Some people are very funny. But for me, it's the belly button. If anyone puts their finger in my belly button, which is a I don't kind of go around with crop tops on. Uh this is a, this is the production on this. It's just very classic Artful Dodger. Very slick, very smooth, very sexy. Uh strings, beats, drums. But again, not overdone, not overplayed. No, definitely not. Yeah, I think it's the strings for me that really shine from this one. 
And I think despite the fact that as a whole album, this is a really cohesive collection, each single does have its own style as well. Uh, and I think we talked about the songs before and where they could be heard. Um, this one probably is more more in common with Think About Me, a bit more sultry, but still it's got its own sound as well, I think. And probably uh, Lifford on vocals plays a big part in that because what a soulful vocal he has. Uh, they certainly know how to pick a vocalist. Yes. Also, Lifford was uh, more recently, not that recently, but was the finest in Britain's Got Talent as Good well. Good for him. Yeah. Fire eating. Was it? Just singing. <laughs> This was, of course, a single, uh, and it got to number four in the UK singles chart. Bravo. But what was ahead of it? Ahead of this one. I mean, it was an amazing week for new entries. Uh, So at number six, you had Wu-Tang Clan with Gravel Pit. At number five, you had Darude with Sandstorm. At number two, you had Daft Punk with One More Time. And at number one, Leanne Rhymes with Can't Fight the Moonlight. Good Lord. Now, some of those songs might not be everyone's cup of tea, but you can't deny huge pop singles at the time. Exactly. And that combined with Please Don't Turn Me On, all of those as new entries, they really did used to put a lot of incredible songs out at the same time. But I suppose actually you've got Darude, very dance music. You've got Liam Rhymes, country pop music, Daft Punk, French Electro, This, UK Garage. They were all very different as well. Wu-Tang Clan. Mm, bit of... Uh, Whatever they did. Hip-hop pop mm. track number five now and this is a big one 24 7 And yet Melanie Blatt, of course, of uh, All Saints fame. And I do believe, Will, correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe this was the first solo All Saints track that we had after their unfortunate split. Thankfully, it was short-lived. Yes, they they were back. And then they were back again. Uh, And hopefully we get a new album from them soon, because the last couple of albums have been fantastic. That last album was fantastic. Mm. Mm. Now, this is this is my favourite song on the album. Really? Yeah. And that just surprised me, actually. Why? Just because it is so... Well, I guess it's, it's the least club-sounding garage track we've had. And it's so almost flamenco with those guitars, isn't it? I love it. It's bright. And her vocals are very much to drift and lift the track. But also, just a very light touch to the production on this. But I could just vividly remember this song. I just immediately, like muscle memory, started singing along to it, even though I haven't listened to it for a very long time well done me well done you this was another one of the many singles off the album uh did really well number six it got to uh when it was released uh and this was uh the seventh single am i right dan the seventh yeah seventh and final single and this was released after pete had decided to leave the duo and wanted to concentrate kind of uh on studio work and things like that so it's mark hill had become Artful Dodger at this point, uh, and Melanie Blatt 
was a new vocalist. She doesn't appear on the album version. Uh, it's Nicole on the album version. Um, not Nicole Appleton, as is reported on Wikipedia. And so, and there was a re-release of the album as well. So I think the fact that, you know, it was the seventh single, but the fact that it was a new vocalist and a new version of the album is what made it such a hit. It was also included on her debut album as well, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Because uh, it was also, I remember it was on All Saints All Hits as well, um, which was kind of the one they rush released after they'd broken up after just two albums. And I remember thinking, God, that is really cheeky just to chuck that on there because it's not an All Saints song. Just to bump the numbers up a bit. Mm. Do you enjoy this track? Oh, I love this song. Like you say, it's so summery. I love the guitar work in here. And I can just, I haven't seen the video for years, but I can just see Melanie in a very floaty outfit. I think she's in one of those swing chairs at one point. Uh, The sun is shining. (laughs) Oh, uh, no, it's a rattan furniture swing chair in the garden. Nothing untoward. Uh, Also, this is written by Michelle. Yes. And and Trevor. Trevor? Trevor Sorby. Who's that? Hi. Oh, apologies. I'm getting my uh, celebrity hairstylist mixed up. <laughs> Mark Hill. Sorry. I don't know who Trevor Sorby is. If you'd have said Nikki Hill. Nikki, Nikki Clark. Hill? Nikki Clark. See, I don't know anymore. Or John Frieda. Yes, that would have been. Or Vidal Sassoon. Ooh. Or Ricardo from The Salon. <laughs> This one was released in September 2001. That's why we're talking about it today. To talk about the 20th anniversary. Uh, entered at number six. Other new entries from Superman Lovers with Starlight at number two. We talked about Superman Lovers just a few weeks ago on the New Order episode for their remix of 60 Miles an Hour. Um, and at number one uh, was Bob the Builder with Mambo number five. <laughs> Forgotten about that. Have, have we got that album on the long list? No, we have not. Get it in the bin. Can we fix that? No, we can't. (laughs) (laughs) Track number six now. Lifford is back with us. Welcome back, Lifford, for something. Something there, uh, featuring Lifford, like you said. Yes, but what? Just something. <laughs> Just something or nothing. You've really gotten that lax about all of this now. You can't even be bothered to name the song titles. Oh, I know. Next, we've got something else, probably. This, though, of course, this is track six, and it's only the second non-single or album track that we've gotten to. And I would say, Will, certainly feels like an album track. But I would also say, as we often say, that's not a bad thing. Albums need album tracks. No, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's, it's a great album track. It's very much their sound, isn't it? Lifford is back on vocals again. Not a bad thing at all. But I don't think this would ever have set the charts on fire as a single. No, definitely not. Just feels a little bit more, I almost, almost want to say simplistic in a way. Uh, relies very heavily on the beat. Uh, lyrically... Lyrically, not as sort of uh, memorable, not as much of a story as, for example, uh, Please Don't Turn Me On, featuring Lifford. But it's a great track. It does it does what it should on an album of garage-esque, garage-ish, garage-themed, garage-y, 
tracks. I think it's also worth sharing a little bit more about Mark and Pete. So Mark actually performed before from getting involved with the Artful Dodger actually performed as part of the Welsh Philharmonic Orchestra. Really? Mm. Uh, and Pete uh, has done everything from classical violin to grunge rock as well. We do like the diversity, don't we? Uh, they, and they met, in, they met in a recording studio. Oh, I should hope. In Southampton? Yes. Hmm. What are your opinions of Southampton? I think that's where I used to go to get the... Hovercraft for festival, so I just popped through there. Seemed fine. Just had to sort of queue there for a couple of hours. Do miss festival though. Yes, just a lovely view of the Solent. What's that? Oh, this big tall thing. Oh, the water. What am I thinking of? The big tower? Is it a spinning restaurant? Are they still a thing? Spinning restaurants, not top at BT Tower. <laughs> oh, do you remember when they were all up there for children in need? Yeah. Oh. All the, all the celebrities on the phones. Oh, look, there's so-and-so from EastEnders sat next to... Oh, and Robinson. Esther Ranson, yeah. yeah, all that business. Craig David, he'd have been there back in yeah, the Yeah, he'd have been yeah. there. He'd have, yeah. I think he'd have been more happy, probably out with the people, shaking a bucket. Yeah. Seeing if some young ladies would like to donate a tuppence. <laughs> so, track number seven now. Another banger. Can't wait for this one. Moving too fast. So moving too fast there, this was, of course, the follow-up to Re-Rewind, and I loved that. I think this one, more than kind of any of the other um, differences between singles or more than any of the other follow-ups, this one really did uh, keep those garage beats and the kind of the real uh, trademark garage flavour. But by bringing in Romina Johnson as the vocalist, again, added some soul, added a completely different style to what we had with Craig David. Uh, and, of course, created a fantastic song and another huge hit as well. And this did uh, get to number two as well as the follow-up. Uh, I think this showed the versatility of, of the group, uh, but also that I guess the public was very open to a sound like this at the time, back in 1999. Yeah, it, yeah. it keeps the beat of UK Garage, but there's some of those chimes, uh, the tempo. It definitely feels like a more upbeat uh, number and yeah of course which made it great for being heard across the radio back in 2001 and this the alpha dodger version was a remixed version um with the original appearing on romina's uh, album herself the first album that she released as well i saw you dan i just completely forgot to ask you who was at number one when this was at number two so a nice tie-in here actually will this was held off by all saints pure shores ah well I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, no, me neither. And I don't think uh, Romina or Alpha Dodger or uh, Michelle, of course, would either. All the new entries in the top 10 this week. Again, just a huge amount of classic, iconic pop songs. Uh, A1's Like a Rose, Jamelia's Money, Khaleesi's Caught Out There. Uh, and Backstreet Boys' Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely, which actually uh, got to number two 
rising from number 66. Now, I think that must have been an imports situation there, Will, because that, ha- that didn't happen at that time, did it? Uh, not only did this song do well in the UK, it was also a big hit across Europe as well. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, Romina, following uh, this and some other solo hits, she went on to become one of the vocalists with Odyssey, who, of course, had huge hits back in the 70s uh, with tracks including Native New Yorker. Um, they're one of those bands now that are still touring, but I don't think there are any original members in there. It's just like a conveyor belt system. Ah, bit so... like Sugar Babes. <laughs> Track number... Eight now, and this is Are You Ready? Are you ready? That was Are You Ready? Will, is this... I don't want to overuse the word garage on this episode, uh, but it was probably going to get said more than any other episode we've recorded. Will, is this the most garage-sounding track we've had so far? Yes, I think so, because it's got the beats, it's got some dramatic strings in there, and it's a little bit, uh, a little bit grandiose, this song as well yeah but i also think the vocals which are from mc alistair who interestingly enough is one of the people who are currently going by the name of artful dodger oh really yeah so they are he was obviously someone that was involved interesting i didn't know that such a it's one of those bands with such an interesting history uh i do you know it's lovely when a band stays together with just the one lineup abba as an example um but it's so interesting as well when they move like Odyssey, like these, like Sugar Babes. Uh, really does mix things up, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And yeah, obviously MC Alistair did have a big involvement with the band because we might be talking about him again later. Track number nine now, and this is featuring Nadia. From Big Brother? Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, this is I Can't Give It Up. I can't give it up. I've got to look for you inside my love. Never gonna let it go. It's up to me. Yeah, yeah. I can't give it up. I've got to look for you inside my love. Never gonna let it go. It's up to me. It's always up to what was it that you said to me? So I can't give it up there, featuring the lovely tones of Nadia. Who is Nadia, Dan? Well, I've been doing uh, some research over the last week to find out who Nadia is, and I'm not sure. She's very elusive. I think this might have been uh, her, her one uh, one chance. Uh, no surname, which doesn't help. No, really doesn't. Uh, I even checked Discogs. It said there were 25 possible Nadia's uh, artists just appearing as Nadia. So I'm not sure. But what I can say, Will, is that she has a lovely voice. I think it kind of is a little bit more poppy than, say, we heard from 
uh, Michelle or from Romina, uh, who had a bit more of that sultry, soulful thing going on. Um, but I almost feel like if there was going to be one more single from this album, or if one was swapped out, this might have been the single that got away. Really? Mm. Yeah, it is. It's quite immediate. It's very those plucky strings are very good as well. But it's also got a great message in it. You know, it's all a, you know about a very empowering message as well. And I'm just going to cross off plucky strings off my list because I had that as well. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hadn't, I can't even see your Mac from where I'm sitting now. Thank goodness. Yeah, because I've got a few windows open. Got, probably got some tits and teeth on the show. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have mine. One whitened and one lifted. I'm not, I'll let you guess which is which. <laughs> uh, Will. Yes. And what's the one thing you can't give up? Uh, uh, cookies. Really? Do love a delicious freshly baked cookie. Like a bag of five from the supermarket or well, home baked? No, just one will do. Oh. Need a bag of five. Greedy me. Uh, but you know where they're just lovely and soft in the middle still. Mm. I do like them when there's something like um, Cadbury's Caramel or something like that in there as well. Just oh, the... no, it's a bit gimmicky. I think I prefer oh. just pure like milk chocolate or white chocolate. You do like to smack me down. Even if I'm talking about my favourite biscuit, you do like to really hammer it. <laughs> uh, what, can, what can't you give up? Um, track by track. No, that's a real cop-out. Come on. Okay. Um, booze. I don't think I could do Dry January. I don't think I've got a problem. <laughs> But when well, people talk about dry January, I do think, well, I normally put a few social things in the calendar because it's, you know, New Year it can be a bit boring mm. after Christmas. Yeah, I don't think I could. Yeah. Awkward. I have to have an off-air conversation about that. <laughs> uh, let's move on now. So we're on to track number 10 now. And this is Woman Trouble. We've all been Trouble there featuring Craig David and Robbie Craig. Will, this is my favourite song on the album, but more specifically, the version we're playing on this version of the album, which is the single version of the track. Yeah, it's the most Artful Dodger-esque and in keeping with the whole sound and vibe of this album, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the fact that you've got Craig David there and Robbie Craig's phenomenal vocal, uh, just a great combination. It is great, isn't it? The video's a lot of fun as well. All about the workplace shenanigans that go on. Oh, the office Christmas party. Well, not the Christmas party, but there's there's dancing. Oh. Uh, This got to number six uh, in the UK singles chart. And this was uh, also a big hit across Europe as well. Dan, go on. So, yeah, this was July 2001. Got to number six, like you said. Other new entries in the top ten this week. Uh, at number ten, Atomic Kitten, I Want Your Love. At number seven, Alice DJ, Will I Ever. At number five, Steps, When I Said Goodbye, Summer of Love. At number four, Oasis, Sunday Morning Call. At number uh, three, Limp Biscuit, Take a Look Around uh, from Mission Impossible 2. And at number one, The Cause with Breathless. Now, do you remember, Will, last week we talked about Depeche Mode and we were talking about how normal it was 
to have no new entries in the top 40. Yeah. This is seven new entries in the top 10 this week. Oh, I used to love weeks like that in the chart. It was so exciting. It really was. But just, I love how the charts change. I love how the charts change. And now, of course, it's a very different story as well because of playlisting and streaming, as we've said multiple times. But I loved this time because I would go out every Monday. I, I imagine like yourself, grab a load of CD singles, play them to death for a week, and then you get more the next week. Uh, it, was, it was kind of a much more throwaway approach, I suppose, wasn't it, to, to pop music? Yeah, not very environmentally friendly either. What did you no. ever do with all those CDs? Um, God, I, I, I stored them for years and years and years. And then do you remember, actually, I... Well, I didn't have all of them then, but do you remember when I brought a load back from back home to London and those lovely Right Back At You lads had a look through them. And so uh, if you listen to Right Back At You uh, with David and Joel, you'll see sometimes on David's uh, social media, he's sharing some uh, incredible pop music displays. And some of those singles were donated by me. Ah, pop pals helping each other out, giving mm. each other a hand. That's lovely. Mm. Also, Will, can't not talk about the fact that uh, later down the charts, a new entry in the 20s, I think, uh, Precious with It's Gonna Be My Way, which is kind of a little bit garage-infused pop, wasn't it? Yeah, a Precious, lovely girl band. Yeah. Much think, overlooked. Yeah, I think we said we'll do the album, haven't we? Mm. Haven't we? Yeah. Say it again. I think we said we'll do the album. No, that's we? one of the songs. Oh, Say sorry. it again. Say yeah. Rewind. <laughs> no, that's one of the songs. Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, it's going to be my way. Okay, well, fine. What do you want to do? <laughs> and before we leave this one, Will, I have to mention Robbie Craig, as I said, amazing vocalist. He is now a member of E17. So he replaced Tony Mortimer uh, when he left the band for the third time back in 2013. <laughs> And it's now in E17 uh, with just one of the original members. I think we've said it before. It's not Brian. It's not Tony. It's one of the other ones. Um, and they've just put a new album out called 24-7. Oh. Good for them. Any good? Do you know what? I listened to the, the lead single and it wasn't as bad as some of the other recent boy band new singles that came out. Now there's a quote to put on the front of the CD. <laughs> I've got a big sticker. Uh, okay, next one then. This is what you're going to do. Drop the funk. Drop the bass. <laughs> Hit it for me, hit it, hit it for me, hit it, hit it for me, hit it, hit it for me. What you gonna do? What you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna say? So that was what you're going to do. Another one with Craig Lovey. Yes, they had a very close working relationship, didn't they? Um, but what I like about this one is I think you really start to hear Craig as more of uh, a singer than kind of the rapper. Um, you really hear his vocal acrobatics, for want of a better term. Um, and of course, he would go on to much more uh, stripped songs, uh big ballads and the like. Um, but here, a very different delivery to uh, re Rewind, for example. Uh, what I like about this is it's very, it's a lot, it's a bit he- it's a bit heavier, a bit harder, a bit dubby as well. And I do like the hey to it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Hey, what are you going to do? Well, I think we found your karaoke track. It's this, this is it. <laughs> For our amusement only.
Oh, that's a shame. And the listeners. Um, some great organ sounds in this one as well I'm picking up. I do love a good organ. Mm. And it shines through on this one, actually. Also, Will, we played a little bit of a remix of this track as well, didn't we? Uh, which I have to say, I think I actually prefer that version to this one. Do you know what? I was just thinking the same thing. We accidentally played a remix. Yep. Uh, because this isn't on streaming services. And that's a really good point, actually. This is one of the very few albums that we've spoken about that isn't on streaming services. Our friend, Mr. Pop Music Activism, did, uh, was, we were chatting with him when we announced it. He was saying it's because of there's so many rights issues uh, with this album, apparently. But yeah, you can play the whole thing. You just uh, search on YouTube. It's all about the stragglers. And you get the full album and the version that we're playing today as well. But you know what album has the ultimate issue with rights issues? Richard X. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just it's a minefield with all the samples apparently. Hence why we because every so often that cry goes out again off social across social media to say why is it not on there? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> so track number twelve now, and this is it ain't enough featuring MZ May or MZ May. And MC Alistair. Classic Artful Dodger rap going on in there from the dulcet tones of MC Alistair. Yeah, he's back again. MC Alistair, now Artful Dodger. Is he now Artful Dodger? Now assuming the Artful Dodger name for live performances. In the soap opera of Artful Dodger. But yeah, this one, as with his previous track, you know, maybe that's why he's got the name because maybe he is bringing the most uh, garage to, I said it again, said that word again. There's a clack, there's a garage klaxon. I said garage today more times than Kevin Webster on Corrie. <laughs> but yeah, but having said that though, if he's still assuming the name and if this is performed during live sets, maybe kind of some of those uh, 90s, noughties kind of big get together festival things, I can imagine it's going down a storm. Uh, this is probably one of the hardest dance tracks as well on the album. And I am going to put my neck on the line and say this should have been the last track on the album proper. Yeah, I think I would, I would agree with you, Will. This one was, of course, put out. I, I got myself a little bit confused before with the, uh, the singles and which number it was. It's because this was a single, but this was technically Artful Dodger versus Dream Team, another Garage Collective. Oh, Garage again. Uh, at the time... Um, so kind of, yeah, it wasn't a strict Artful Dodger only single. Forgive me. No. Okay. <laughs> so we're on to the last track of the album proper because we're not talking about the two remixes. Cop out. Well, yeah, it's not the right thing to do. So let's have a bit of We Should Get Together. We should get together. Stay this way forever. Echoes in my mind. Combined. We should get together. Won't last forever. Taking back what's mine. Love is gonna shine. We should get together. Stay this way forever. Echoes in my mind. You and me combined. 
This is a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. It's it's quite basic. <laughs> yes. uh, it's a touch of class, actually. Which is rare. Yeah, it's just a black background with Artful Dodger. It's all about the stragglers in a wonderful gold font. Tasteful. Very tasteful. Well, it's such a short amount of time it took you to talk about that. What do you think to the previous version, uh, and oh, which do you prefer? I prefer this, because the other one makes my eyes go funny. Same. Mm. Yeah. It's too, I mean, I'm one for a bold print, but that is taking the mick. Yeah. I, I caught a copy of it in uh, FOP the other day, and I almost came over a little queer. Oh, no. Was it the sales assistant on the till? Yeah. <laughs> No, this isn't a horrendous track, but I do think Nadia's vocals could be better, and I do think oh. it's a bit plinky-plonky for the last track of the album. What you could have done is switch the last two tracks around for a big finish. You turned into Louis Walsh there. Quite judgmental, quite harsh. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I agree. I just think, yeah, this could have been a 12-track album. Maybe it could have been a 10 or 11-track album. Just the singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so yeah, it could have ended better. But by law, there's some strong singles on the album. Seven of them, eight of them, in fact, seven of them. No, how many? Eight. Uh, Come on, eight with <laughs> the Dream Team one we've established. Thank you. Uh, now the album performance itself got to number eighteen in the UK album chart, so modest success, and an average reception from the critics as well. I would probably say six out of ten. Not bad, but I think if you were to individually rate all eight, maybe seven singles, they'd probably be all seven, eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're also the memories they invoke. Oh, my God, yeah. And and the amount of big hit singles, memorable singles from this one album, mm. an achievement in itself. Mm. Let's have a bit of further listening now, Dan. Let's. And we've both landed on remixes uh, for this. Um, I'd like to go first because it's something a bit different. Yeah, love to hear it, Will. So I have gone for the Artful Dodger remix, and it's a very familiar sound, if you know this song, of Never Gonna Let You Go by Tina Moore. dance slash garage classic and it still sounds brilliant it sounds brilliant the combination of the two of them works absolutely perfectly and for me although this wasn't the first version of this song it's the definitive version yes song yeah dan yeah what have you gone for so will i very nearly went for um another artful dodger remix i was umming and ahhing about uh one of their remixes they did for gabrielle very nearly went for the remix they did for B.B. Mac, just because I thought it was so bonkers. And just the sort of thing we should be talking about. Yeah. But in the end, I decided to make it a little bit more up-to-date while still respecting the album we've spoken about today. So this is the Disclosure remix of Please Don't Turn Me On. Please don't turn me on. 
Please Don't Turn Me On featuring Lifford. This one was released in 2013, so a good while after the original single came out. And I love this more up-to-date spin on it, even though it was eight years ago now, uh, a much more contemporary spin on there from Disclosure, but also taking what we talked about to be quite a, a very much kind of a string-swept sound and almost then turning it back on itself and making it more... Not quite garage, but much more about the beats mm. uh, and the the kind of the more of a underground club sound. Yeah, it's much harder and heavier. You can imagine it's sort of two a.m. in a sweaty uh, room underneath a tunnel somewhere, underneath a tunnel, underneath an arch somewhere. Yeah, really having it large. Well, quite large. Mm. Uh, not for me though, but I can imagine some people. <laughs> oh yeah, that. not for me at all. No, thank you. <laughs> We're out, out of time. time. So it's the last album proper episode of our week-long three-year anniversary. Please do let us know what you think to Artful Dodger, what you think to It's All About the Stragglers, and what you thought to this episode, either in the comments on Patreon or on the socials at Track by Track UK. And do take a moment as well to... Have a cup of tea. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's needed after this week. So, yes, we've got more to come as ever from Track by Track. So do stay tuned uh, to Patreon, to our socials, uh, to all podcasting platforms uh, and to the news. Mm, very important. Important updates on current events. Yes. So until next time. I've been Nikki Clark. Uh, and I've had woman trouble. Oh, no. Goodbye. Another great one. What do you sing in the shower? A lot of New Order, because I like to think I've got a similar vocal range to uh, Bernard Sumner. Spoiler alert, you haven't. Oh. (laughs) I am going to go and take these jeans off, but I am going to put something else on. (laughs) 